While residents sipped coffee and read their newspapers, there was nothing at the lover's lane to alert the casual observer who might pass and glance at Richard Griffin's parked Oldsmobile in the early morning light. The road saw little traffic, even less on a quiet Sunday morning. But at nine o'clock a passing motorist glanced at the car and wondered why it was there at that time of day. There appeared to be two persons inside. There was something unnatural about it. His suspicions rose. On closer inspection he grew alarmed and concluded that something worth reporting had happened. As soon as he reached a telephone he called the police. City policemen immediately sped to the scene. The police dispatcher relayed the message to the Bowie County Sheriff's Office. War veterans Byron Brower, Jr. and his brother-in-law, Edward Brettel, with his young son Eddie, set out that morning to fetch a Sunday newspaper and some kerosene. They drove to a Texaco station on Highway 67 just west of the Texarkana city limits. They picked up a newspaper and purchased the kerosene. Then their eyes followed a string of automobiles down by the little dirt road that branched off the highway. "'Wonder what's going on there,' Brower said. They turned off the highway and parked behind a long row of cars. They got out to take a closer look. Policemen and curious observers crowded around a car at the end of the row. Immediately they realized that it was a crime scene. There was no police line. They walked within eight feet of the car on which all eyes were focused. They saw two bodies in an Oldsmobile. A man's body lay between the seats, his face down. A woman was slumped over in the front seat on the passenger side. Brower had only a side view of her face, but could see she had turned dark. It was Sunday morning in a small city. The dispatcher directed a squad car to the new crime scene before the sheriff or his deputies could be alerted. The sheriff's Texarkana office was upstairs, at 214.5 Main, over a popular café, John's Place, in the heart of downtown. The city police headquarters and city jail lay a block away. By the time Sheriff Bill Presley arrived, a very large crowd had assembled. The milling throng and light showers throughout the morning obliterated any tracks in the dirt around the car. Very few clues were left. About twenty feet from the car, a section of the ground was saturated with dried blood, indicating that one of the victims, Polly Moore, it was later decided, had been murdered outside, and Griffin had been shot inside the car. Griffin was found on his knees behind the front seat, his trousers down to his ankles, his head resting on his hands. She was found sprawled in the front. The Oldsmobile was spotted throughout with blood. Blood had seeped through the bottom of the car's door and onto the running board where it had congealed. Griffin's trouser pockets were turned inside out as if to suggest robbery. Judging from the amount of blood both inside and outside the car, the killer could hardly have avoided getting blood all over himself as well. The presence of police cars and other automobiles piqued the curiosity of others who turned off the highway to see what was going on. It became a major chore to keep people away. Who were the victims? Griffin's identification was readily established. His wallet contained his driver's license. The young woman's purse contained no identification. But she wore an Atlanta high school class of 1945 ring, which narrowed the search. Inside the ring were initials, P.A.M. Presley called Homer Carter, city marshal of Atlanta in the next county. Contacting Atlanta school officials, Carter learned the ring apparently belonged to Polly Ann Moore, 
who had graduated the year before. He passed on the finding to Bowie County. Presley and others began backtracking the couple's activities the night of their deaths, learning that they'd eaten supper at the Canary Cottage with Griffin's sister and her boyfriend. The newspaper soon learned of the deaths. A reporter immediately asked, Was this a murder and suicide? No, definitely not, replied the sheriff. Both were shot in the back of their heads. It's a double murder. We're still looking for clues and leads. We've found no weapon. But there was so little to go on. The sheriff immediately launched an area-wide investigation. He notified both Texas and Arkansas side lawmen at city, county, and state levels, along with the Federal Bureau of Investigation.